According to a recent survey, half of all Americans believe Mormonism is a Christian religion, while one-third think it is not. This has caused many to ask, are Mormons Christians? How do their beliefs compare with what Jesus and the apostles taught in the Bible? My guests today are three prominent Mormons who have left the LDS Church and become Christians. First, Sandra Tanner, the great-great-granddaughter of Brigham Young, the second prophet of the Mormon Church. In um, June of 1998, Gordon B. Hinckley, who was the president of the church at that time, uh, he said, the traditional Christ of whom they, meaning the Christians, speak, is not the Christ of whom I speak. Now, why isn't it the same Christ? Because the Christ of the Bible has eternally been God. He's never been less than he is today. And yet Jesus of Mormonism uh, is one of a whole string of gods. His Father, Heavenly Father, had to earn the right to become a god. Jesus had to earn the right to become a god. Jesus in Mormonism has not always been God. This is something he achieved. It is the goal of every Mormon man to someday achieve Godhood, the same as Jesus did, the same as Jesus' Father did. Second, Dr. Lynn Wilder, a tenured professor at Brigham Young University who authored more than 50 scholarly publications. She left her teaching position in 2008 after becoming a Christian. As a tenured professor at Brigham Young, okay, and, and being a Mormon for 30 years, do you still believe that the Book of Mormon is the true Word of God? I do not. There are contradictions all over their own scriptures. There are blatant contradictions between the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants even. One says God is spirit and one says God has a body of flesh and bones. You can't have it both ways. And third, Michael Wilder, Lynn's husband, who worked in the temple, was a member of the High Council and served in two bishoprics. Glenn Beck, Harry Reid, Steve Young, Mick Romney, Stephen Covey, and Orrin Hatch, they're all Mormons, yes, okay? So if I ask them the question, can you be a biblical Christian at the same time that you are a temple-attending Mormon, as one of those that gave the temple recommend, what would you answer? I would say what's my understanding of Christianity now is that, no, there's a huge conflict between being a biblical Christian and being a Mormon. It's a totally different concept of who Jesus is, who man is, who God is, how we fit in the universe, how we get right with God. In Mormonism, it all hinges on participation in the Mormon temple ritual. In Christianity, it all hinges on throwing ourselves on the mercy of God and claiming Christ as Savior. We invite you to join us for this special edition of The John Ankerberg Show. And I'm going to start today with this question. If I asked Glenn Beck, Harry Reid, Steve Young, Mitt Romney, Stephen Covey, or Orrin Hatch, who are all Mormons, this question. Can you be a temple-attending Mormon and a biblical Christian at the same time? What would they say? And I'm going to start with Michael, who is responsible for giving out the temple recommends to Mormons, to tell us how these men would have to answer this question if they wanted to keep their temple recommends. And Michael, before you answer this question, tell us some of the jobs, the official positions that you held while in the Mormon Church that make you qualified to answer this question. Yes, um, my wife and I, um, we were converts to the church in our early 20s, and we joined the church in uh, um, October of 1977. 
which I was given the Aaronic Priesthood. Then the next year, because I was faithful and active and did my responsibilities, I received the Melchizedek Priesthood. And shortly thereafter, I was actually called as a war clerk to be part of, the, of a bishopric a group and served there for many years. Um, and then I was called, uh, called to be a ward mission leader, also was a young men's uh, president and so forth. And in um, 1988, um, I was called to um, go be on the high council at the LDS Church and actually held that position for close to nine years thereafter. And at that point, I was given the office or given the priesthood of high priest. And that lineage um, actually goes all the way back to Brigham Young. The, my bishop uh, at that point, or used to be my bishop years ago, uh, gave me the high priest. He received it from the president of the church when we joined the church, uh, Kimball, and he received it from Grant, and he received it from Cannon, um, who was arrested for polygamy in the 1880s, and uh, then he received it from uh, Brigham Young. Uh, so my lineage from a high priest goes way back. Again, I was active in the, the LDS temple, temple recommend holder for 30 years, um, taught seminary, uh, worked at the veil in the temple, so, and was on two different bishoprics. And you also gave the temple recommend. What is a temple recommend? Okay, when you're in the bishopric, uh, people were always motivating people to go to the temple. Uh, where in Christianity, you go to the cross, foot of the cross. In Mormonism, you go to the temple. And, uh, but you can't just go to the temple because you want to go there. You have to be living. Remember, in Mormonism, it is a law of ordinances and laws that you have to obey. Uh, and, and so, therefore, you have to earn the right to go to the temple. So I would sit down with people. They would call me up, and it would be a certain times of the month. It would be my responsibility it's to give people a temple recommend questions. All right. Now, I want to come back to our leading question here is that Glenn Beck, Harry Reid, Steve Young, Mick Romney, Stephen Covey, and Orrin Hatch, they're all Mormons. Yes, okay. So if I ask them the question that I did, can you be a biblical Christian at the same time that you are a temple-attending Mormon, as one of those that gave the temple recommend, what would you answer? I would say with my understanding of Christianity now is that, no, there's a huge conflict between being a biblical Christian and being a Mormon. You can be a Mormon, you can be a biblical Christian, but you can't be both at the same time. Why? Well, the reason is that you, you start running into uh, contradictions. For example, one of the uh, temple recommend questions that ask, do you have a testimony of the restoration of the gospel and when they define gospel, they mean the Mormon gospel in these latter days. So what you have to say is that the early Christian churches were all wrong. They fell away, and Joseph Smith had to restore the church. So you had to believe in Joseph Smith and accept him as a latter-day prophet. And you, had, and you promised that when you were being interviewed for your temple recommend. Right. That, by saying yes to that, you are agreeing with everything that you've been taught. You agree that... Joseph Smith was, uh, did restore the church, that he was a prophet, that the Book of Mormon is true, and that any contradictions with, as a biblical Christian, Mormonism overrides. Okay, what else? Uh, then the second thing, uh, again, in Christianity, uh, you know, our focus is upon Jesus Christ. Uh, but the, you would also be asked this question, do you sustain the president of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, as a prophet, seer, and revelator, and as the only person on this earth who possesses and is authorized to exercise all priesthood keys. And then also you have to accept that for the other general authorities and the local authorities also, not as prophecy and revelators, what well would be the 12, 
but you'd also have to sustain other general authorities and local authorities of okay. the church. By saying that you do, are you promising, swearing? What, how, what do you call that? Well, you're, you will not um, contradict anything that the prophet says. If they state something, the discussion's over. You have to agree with the teachings. You cannot challenge the doctrine. You cannot question anything about the Book of Mormon. You cannot question anything about contradictions between the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants, contradictions between the Bible and the Book of Mormon or Doctrine and Covenants. You, you just have to agree with what the leaders say and accept it and march on. So when you actually were the one that was responsible for giving these temple recommends, you'd go through this list of questions and you'd make the people answer this? Yes, they would have to answer yes, yes, and so forth. What else? Okay, another question would be interesting, that if you'd been to the temple that says, do you keep the covenants you've made in the temple? And they would say yes, without What are the covenants that you make in the temple? Because well, most people don't know what goes on there, in the temple. There are many, many covenants, but uh, one of the key ones is called the Law of Consecration. And you stand in the temple and you, st you state this. And somebody would ask you this question. Do you and each of you covenant and promise before God, angels, and these witnesses at this altar that you do accept the Law of Consecration as contained in the Doctrine and Covenants? Okay, that would be this book here. Okay, okay. one of the scriptures. Uh, uh -huh. Right, in, in the Mormon scriptures. And that you do consecrate yourself, your time, talents, and everything which, which with the Lord has blessed you or which he may bless you to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for the building up of the kingdom of God on earth and for the estab establishment of Zion. So we're not just making a covenant to Jesus Christ. We're making a covenant or consecration, our time and energy, to the organization, to the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints. And you make this every time you go back to the temple, you make the same covenants over and over and over again. Now, going back to the beginning, to even get into the temple, you had to have this temple recommend. And right. you're going through this list, and you're saying you're going to have to promise all these things. Then you're reaffirming that when you get in the temple even right. a little bit further. Right, right. All right. Now, where's the conflict? Why could an evangelical Christian not be a part of that? Well, the, the first, th first thing, if you start looking at just the nature of God, uh, in, in the Mormon uh, uh, ceremony, you see Jesus and God as two separate beings. Two gods. Two gods, okay? Yeah. The actual doctrine of the LDS Church says that God has a body of flesh and bones. This is in Doctrine and Covenants 130, verse 22. And that Jesus Christ also has a body of flesh and bones, two separate ones, and then you have the Holy Ghost. So if you do not accept J Joseph Smith restoration of the gospel, you cannot receive the temple recommend. And if you do not receive the temple recommend, you will not have the authority or receive the signs and tokens and the instructions of how to live with Heavenly Father. You will not get there. You're going to go to one of the lower kingdoms. That's the way it is. So... If you're a biblical Christian, you're not going to accept these. If you're a Mormon, you will accept these, and we have a conflict, and they do not teach. It's another gospel that Paul spoke about in 2 Corinthians. It is another gospel. It's not the same gospel of Jesus Christ. Sandra, what is the plan of salvation? What is this other gospel, briefly? Well, the other gospel is that every man has the potential to progress to the position of a God, just like our Heavenly Father did. He once was a man on another earth, kept all the rules, and finally made it to godhood. And you too could do this. If you join the Mormon church, become a priest in their religion, go to the Mormon temple, you too someday could run a world just like God runs this one. 
and your children on your earth would pray to you just like you pray to Heavenly Father. What about women? Well, women are kind of second class in the program. Every God has to have at least one wife to start his world. But the woman's job is a silent partner. Her job seems to mainly be just to uh, be a mother, to procreate the millions of spirits that have to be born in heaven to start a world. But the husband is the one that has all the authority, all the uh, interesting jobs, if you will, and the mother seems to be relegated to second class. And you see that in the fact that the Mormons rarely talk about heavenly mother. That's the role the Mormon woman today is looking forward to. She may not realize it, but her job later on will be as a silent partner to her husband being a god. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're just starting on what is the Mormon plan of salvation. I want you to tell us what it is that you signed up for to progress to become God, and you swore you're going to do it perfectly. All right? Folks, you won't want to miss this. Stick with us. Be right back. All right, we're back. We're talking with Sandra Tanner, the great-great-granddaughter of Brigham Young, the second prophet of the Mormon Church. We're talking with Dr. Lynn Wilder, who served as a tenured professor at Brigham Young University, and uh, Michael Wilder, her husband, who has served in the hierarchy of the Mormon Church. And uh, we're talking about this question that we were asking to Glenn Beck, Harry Reid, Steve Young, Mitt Romney, and others that are Mormons. Can you be a biblical Christian and at the same time be a temple-attending Mormon? And if you're a temple-attending Mormon, you're swearing on to these kinds of ideas. The prophet Joseph Smith in the Mormon church said, you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves and to be kings and priests to God, the same as all gods have done before you, namely by going from one small degree to another and from a small capacity to a greater one. Bruce McConkie of the Mormon church said, salvation in the celestial kingdom is not salvation by grace alone. Rather, it is salvation by grace coupled with obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Talking about the Mormon gospel. Now, I want to know, what is general salvation and what is individual salvation because they're different in the Mormon church? General salvation, again, is the gift of resurrection to all men, all women, whether they believe in Christ or not. It is a gift. They don't have to work for it because of through Christ's atonement, his death on the cross, and his resurrection, it's given to everybody. So Muslim, Buddhist, right. atheist, Adolf Hitler, anybody, the fact is they're in to the bottom level. Right, right. They're going to not be cast out to hell forever just by being on this earth. Uh, they chose to come here, so they must have been some righteousness in the preexistence. They chose to come here. They didn't find Christ here. So they'll pay a penalty, but when they die and are resurrected eventually, they'll be given to one of the three so kingdoms. So as a Mormon, when I would ask you as a Christian, do you believe in grace? Do um, you believe salvation is by grace? No, no. Salvation is not by grace, only the fact that grace is given as a free resurrection. But to receive any of the higher degrees of glory, to get into terrestrial or the, uh, uh, or terrestrial or the celestial world, it would takes more work. All right, what is individual salvation then? You've got this general, what's individual? Okay, uh, individual salvation is where you, by your own righteous acts, you are now earning a higher kingdom. And if you're really an active Mormon, means a temple recommend going Mormon, 
then you are working to your way to the celestial kingdom to live with Heavenly Father and again to start your progression as a God. All right, now you got three heavens in Mormonism that are given in the Mormon scriptures, okay? It's not in the Bible, but this is Mormon scripture. You got telestial, terrestrial, and then you got celestial. What's the difference? How do you get to which one? Okay, well, the lowest kingdom is the telestial, okay? And all this is explained in Doctrine and Covenants 76, so a person can go there and read about them. But that is the lowest kingdom. That's where the adulterers will go, the liars, the murderers, the, the bad people, really, really bad people. And some who might be believing Christ, some who do not believe in Christ, they all go there. Okay? The people who were basically good people that were fooled by the doctrine of men, in other words, fooled by Christianity, like you, right. okay? you will go to the middle kingdom, the uh, 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 terrestrial kingdom. Okay? But Mormons who have been valiant in what they believe, who have gone to the temple. Now, many, many Mormons will go to the same kingdom you would go to, supposedly, according to Mormonism. But the active Mormons, the people who really attended the temple, who did all they, they could do, paid their tithing, according to Doctrine and Covenants uh, 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 64, where they had fire insurance, uh, where they you know, really believed in it, then they'll go to the top kingdom. Celestial Kingdom. Sandra, what is the list that you had to do, that you were trying to do, that the Mormon Church told you, you need, you must do these works yourself to get to Godhood? In the requirements to get to eternal life, which is different than being saved, you would have to be fully active in the Mormon Church. That full activity is more than just going to church on Sunday. It means taking all the jobs they would assign you. If someone says, we want you to teach Sunday school, you do that. But it's beyond all of those things. It's that you have to also be active in the temple ritual. An active Mormon would go regularly to the temple, and you have to participate in everything in Mormonism. You have to be a full tithe payer. You have to keep their health code, which means no tea, coffee, alcohol. And uh, so it's a whole list of participation in the church and a certain standard of living, uh, doing everything you're asked in the church to do in order to hope that you can qualify for eternal life. You ask a Mormon, if you died today, would you know that you would have eternal life? Most Mormons will say, well, I hope so, but I'm not really sure. Because uh, who can say I've done everything that's required of me? Mm-hmm. When you went to the temple, I find this interesting, when you went, you were required to go to the temple, okay, periodically. And when you went, what did you do every time you went? You do baptisms for the dead. You do endowments. You do washings and anointings. And what you do is take names of people that are dead and in proxy for them, you go through these ordinances. And the idea is, if they didn't get to hear about Christ or Mormonism in this life, if they didn't uh, accept Mormonism in this life, they'll have another chance in the next life, but they have to be physically baptized and they have to physically go through the ordinances. So I take on their name in proxy and I go through all of that. And on the other side, since they're now very smart and know that Mormonism is the truth, they'll accept it become Mormon, and then they can progress. What are the endowments for people that don't know what the endowments are? It's a set of instructions where you are, are, are going to receive information to actually go through the veil. 
they don't believe that the veil has been per se ripped open, but you have to have your signs and tokens and, and proper instructions and proper commandments to actually enter through the veil to be able to go to the celestial kingdom. Is the veil like death, so you're going through death into the celestial kingdom? Is that the idea? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well actually when you go through the, uh, the uh, uh, endowment, you actually go through these three kingdoms. You go to the first kingdom, the So they got a place there that, and, that and then you go is to the labeled this, that, and the other. Right, okay. and then finally when you go through the veil, okay, you work your way through the veil, and then you go to the celestial kingdom. Okay, so it's like play acting right. what you believe in terms of your, your, your beliefs. Right, right. All right, now you did that once. Now you go back, when you go back to the temple, what part do you do again? You do everything that you. You, you, sit, through, you sit through the same thing? The same thing over and over and over again. And that, but you're doing it for somebody else. You do it the first time for yourself, and then uh, you do it for everything else. And again, what's done for men can be slightly different than what's done for women. But you don't get any new information? It's just doing the, the same thing again? Same information. It's like watching a movie, the same thing over right, and over again? Right, Except over the years, which is interesting, they keep changing the uh, Mormon endowment. I mean, if it was given by revelation to Joseph Smith many, many years ago, it keeps changing. And, and the last major change was made in uh, 1990 where they actually took out the death threats. In other words, uh, we used to, when t Lynn and I first went to the temple, we covenant uh, through the process of slitting our throats that we would not reveal any of the signs and tokens given to us in this temple this day. And finally, they, uh, you know, people felt uncomfortable with that. But we did that covenant for many, many years. So they, they changed that one. They took that out. We've got 30 seconds left. Summarize this in terms of the question. If I asked those fellows, from Glenn Beck to Mick Romney to others. Are you a Christian and a temple attending Mormon at the same time? What summarizes, where, where do we go with this question? What's the answer? <laughs> uh, they would say, of course I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus Christ, but they have added to the belief in Jesus Christ. And so to have the highest best that God has for you, you also must have a testimony of Joseph Smith the Mormon temple ritual, the Mormon priesthood. You have to consecrate everything you have to the Mormon church. So the Mormon would say, yes, I'm a Christian, plus I'm a Mormon. And Christianity and Mormonism will not get you to Heavenly Father's presence. Only those that are active in the temple ritual will be in the presence of Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. So it's contrary to everything we read about coming to Christ for eternal life in the New Testament. Right. If you're a Mormon, you can't say you're both a temple-attending Mormon and a Bible-believing Christian because you would be denying Joseph Smith's message of the restored gospel of how to become a god. And if you're a Christian, you know that no Mormon's going to make it to godhood because God says so in Isaiah 43.10. There God says, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, my servants whom I have chosen, that ye may know, that ye may understand, that ye may believe, what? Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. All right, now next week we're going to continue. We're going to look at some more questions. How did the Book of Mormon come into being? And why are Mormons secretly sealed in marriage for all eternity in the temple? I hope that you'll join me then. You're listening to The John Ankerberg Show. If you would like to have today's show 
It's available on audio CD or MP3 by calling our toll-free line at 1-800-805-3030. Just ask for offer R-135. If you would like to have all three programs in this series, R Mormons Christians, they are available as well. Just ask for offer R-136. That number again is 1-800-805-3030. That's 1-800-805-3030. Thank you for joining us for this edition of The John Ankerberg Show. For more information, please contact us at 1-800-805-3030 or go online at www.johnankerberg.org right now.